think when I went freelance though, the decision for me to go freelance was actually not really inspired by design itself. Um, if anything, it was inspired by the fact that I hated my job so much. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome to Designer Duos with Kaya and Rach. So, today we're talking about Rach's journey as a freelancer, right from the beginning, where she was employed and shacked up. <laughs> <laughs> what, like shacked up as a, an employee? <laughs> to now where she's a free daisy. <laughs> free daisy, Yeah. I don't know if shacked up would have been the analogy I would have used, but I mean, I suppose the analogy is there. Yeah, it does work. It kind of works. <laughs> Rach is up, please. <laughs> Delete this one. <laughs> no, we'll keep it in. Authenticity always. Um, so I suppose we might, we're talking to some of you out there who are potentially employed and have a bit of a side hustle going on and have been thinking about taking the leap of freelance for a while. And I know that I was very much in that position and I mean I was thinking about it probably for a couple of years before I actually went ahead and did it. So hopefully today I can answer some questions that Kaya's going to ask me and it might help you guys. So my first question which I thought of was have you always done freelance? So ever since a junior did you also do things along the side of being a junior? That's actually a really good question. Um... Yes, I did actually, pretty much from when I started as a junior designer in like this really small agency um, in Essex in the UK. Um, but it would just be little things on the side, um, so maybe a little logo for someone. I remember there was a girl who did my nails who needed like branding redone, and I think I charged her like 60 quid or something. Oh. <laughs> I know. Bless old me. <laughs> but it's funny though, because I don't know, you, I, you've always had that about you haven't you like you've always kind of done something alongside work yeah which has like generated that money yeah and I think that's actually a really good thing about our industry that you are able to there's no like hard cap on what you can earn really because even if you are employed you can still utilize your spare time to pick up freelance work and projects like you say that but do you remember somebody that we've been in contact with actually said that he wasn't able to pick up he she wasn't able to pick up freelance work because he had to ask his agency Mm. and what do you think of that i think it's horrendous like a company does not own you no matter what they say to you and to be honest it's your prerogative like it's your life if if you want to go out and earn more money like for, for instance if you were to say that to me i'd be like great go for it yeah. If anything, it's an investment to our own design because you're expanding your skill set. Like, I think it's great that you engage with, like, extracurricular and speech marks activities <laughs> <laughs> um, that fundamentally, like, progress you as a designer. Yeah, I was... When I heard that, I was actually really, really shocked because I thought, I know you wouldn't do that to me. Yeah. I know you wouldn't say like, no, Kaya, you've got to ask my permission to do things along the side. It's not like I'm doing it to our clients already. Yeah. It's like we were a completely different agency, had nothing to do with anything that this person was doing. And I was really, really shocked. And I, I see it as the equivalent of a controlling relationship. 
Yeah, it is. It's just a different topic. That's a really good way to analyse it, actually. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that just doesn't fly with me. So you are welcome to do any freelance work. (laughs) Thank you. I I, I do, to caveat that, I do also think that, like, if he was sitting at work doing freelance work... Yeah, then it's taking the mick a little bit. I understand that. But... So if you wanted to do time. it, yeah, if you wanted to do it in your time, mm. then that's your time. Yeah, exactly. Wholeheartedly agree with that. Like, And I don't understand how somebody can go, yes, you can do that, or no, you can't do that because they're a competitor. Like, okay, pay me more money then. Well, actually, yeah, that's a really good point. So, like, if you do ever come across that situation, it's almost like, well, who wants to fight for the time? Yeah, like, I'm not being funny, but... You're not paying me. They obviously want to do freelance for a reason. Yeah. Whether that be they're not earning enough money, whether they want to experiment with other things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I just, I, I was gobsmacked by that. I know. Um, shady. Very shady. Feel free to reach out if you're in that position as well, because I think um, it's worth having a conversation with your employer to just like. I don't know, um, float the idea of potentially picking your own stuff up. And legally, it might be a bit of a minefield, but let us know if you want to chat. And I also think, like, as somebody who is employed, I think it's a really important thing to talk to your boss or somebody like that about freelance because I feel like there could be some type of tension there. If, if, say, they didn't want you to do it, but you'd done it anyway... And understandably, I'm not saying while you're at your desk and you haven't got anything to do at work or, I don't know, you just finished something and you've got a little bit of time. I'm not saying do your own freelance work. Yeah. But I'm also not saying, like, don't do freelance work because somebody else is stopping you. Yeah. Like, I don't think that's right at all. I don't think you should be stopped by somebody else. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. And I think it's also, it could go the complete opposite way, like, they could be like raped and be like, oh, I actually, I really support you doing that. Mm. That's a good idea. Because yeah. say it's on the weekend or something, or say, I don't know, it's after work or it's before work. Like It doesn't necessarily matter when it is, as long as it's not during work time. And that's what you've got to make clear to them. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think when I went freelance, though, the decision for me to go freelance was actually not really inspired by design itself. Um, if anything it was inspired by the fact that I hated my job so much (laughs) so also I wanted to pick something with you I know that you've told me before that you actually wanted to become a firefighter (laughs) yeah so rogue (laughs) (laughs) Rachel completely off the radar (laughs) so was that between the period of time you were thinking about becoming a freelancer and this job so I mean it had been like to go freelance we'd have like where I was working people that would come in on a freelance basis if we had overflow or whatever and it was frustrating knowing that I was so frustrated with my salary yet they were happy enough to pay these people probably double what I would have been earning um so I think it was had been in my brain for a while but fundamentally I was so unhappy at that job and um literally like the closest I've ever been to a mental breakdown and I can't really pinpoint what it is exactly, but I think it was just a very high-stress agency environment. Um, I mean, I've briefed on it before, briefly touched on it before, but my boss was quite intense. Like, we had a very small-knit team and we had to deliver 
but we were working literally every second of the day and like I would be like terrified of being late because I was scared that I would get fired it was that kind oh of feeling um so from then I think like my outlet was to go to the gym and go to CrossFit and then I just enjoyed that so much that I think I was just like I'm going to be a firefighter oh no <laughs> You're like, okay. Yeah, I'd kind of like lost enthusiasm and. All. So is that where it come from? Then it come from CrossFit. Yeah. That's yeah. so interesting. Was there anybody in your CrossFit like class or I don't know where you were that done that was a firefighter? Yeah, one lady who was really cool and she's um, well she still is cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> really strong and just awesome, really like. So did she kind of inspire you to want to go into it? Yeah. Yeah. And I think my sister's boyfriend's dad at the time was also a firefighter and I liked the, or I loved the idea that you'd get like four days on, four days off. So it felt a little bit part-time. And I did kind of think to myself I could design in the four days off. Oh, yeah. And also design, because they don't actually do a lot. So like on the four days that they are on, yeah. a lot of them will sit there and read and... Oh. Or work out. So I was thinking it could just be another way to like do my free have, Yeah, like have consistent money. Yeah. But also be able to top it up with freelancing. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. still partake in like what I enjoyed in, which was like CrossFit and working out and yeah. all that. But um, so I did, I applied to be a firefighter and got through to like the very last stage, including the physical which was a horrendous bleep test. Do you remember those from school? Yeah. <laughs> Hate running. So, like, I'd trained pretty much for, like, six months for this bleep test. I'd get up at five o'clock in the morning and go to the gym in the morning before I went to London, be at, like, go to the gym, be out, and then be on the train for seven, go to Soho, work all day, get home for, hopefully, the half-seven CrossFit class, do the CrossFit class that evening and get home at, like, half-eight, nine. Oh my god. So was you training for this for six months? Six yeah. months you'd prepared yourself for this? Yeah. I was like all in. Like so emotionally and physically invested and that's all I wanted. So how long were you at this company for? Uh, three and a bit years. So six months of that, yeah. at least, you were like, I'm leaving. I'm yeah, becoming I mean, a firefighter. I could have left like two years into that like, easily. But yeah. It's crazy. I know. I think it's just like the nature that I had where I was like, I don't really want to quit on anything. It feels like, I don't know, it just wasn't an option. It didn't feel like an option for me to resign or quit. Like, it's stupid now looking back on it, but I just think you get so intertwined into the world and thinking that that's all that's out there that you don't really like see further than your horizon. Yeah, you get scared of that jump, don't you? Yeah. And I think also, like, leading back to the freelancing stuff, that is the scariest part. Oh, like, yeah, even you thinking about, okay, I'm going to become a firefighter and I'll do freelancing on the side. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Now, knowing, or, like, obviously having gone on, like, the, the freelance journey, that wouldn't have really worked. Like, potentially could have picked up a couple of clients here and there, but, like, in reality... You probably would have been exhausted even if you wasn't really doing much during the day. Like, yeah. working for four days, Yeah. it sounds like all well and good, but you don't know what you're going to be doing in them four days. Yeah, no. Like, you could have literally an awful time, or you mm. could have the best time. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
I think actually another thing that really inspired me to be a firefighter was the Glenfell um, like tragedy that happened in London. Really? But I just thought it was so inspired. Like I'd got to a point where I was like, I think I had no purpose, so I felt def completely deflated at work, and I was like, what am I doing? Like, what does this even mean? It's just like graphics, and like my mum's a nurse who makes like such a big difference in the world, and my sister's a teacher. And then I think I was just a bit like, mine's like so unimportant. And then I saw Glenfell and was like, whoa, like to be those firefighters that like were able to help some of those people like, out yeah. alive, that's kind of like, that's pretty amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And when you say it like that, you actually do kind of sit there and think, oh, wow, like designers do make a difference and we can make a difference. And I'm sure me and Rachel will touch on something in a little while. Hmm. But it's crazy that, you can make that difference being that type of person. I know, like, there are ways for us to make a difference creatively. It doesn't, yeah. we don't need to be like doctors, nurses, or firefighters. Like, they're amazing people, but that's probably just not what we're meant to do. Well, yeah. it's actually not what we're meant to do because I was told <laughs> that I was not meant to do it. <laughs> so, you got declined at the last process? Yeah, so it was like a seven step, I think. Um, seven. Yeah, there was like initial online tests like English and maths and then another like scenario test, um, an in-person meeting I think and then a physical and then like interview um, and I like completely screwed up the interview and I don't know why or how, like even my dad was like I've never known you to fail an interview and I was like I know, like I don't know, I, like, I literally don't know what went wrong but like all I can put it down to was the fact that like I deep deep down I didn't want it I just didn't know it one B like the universe was like no this is not where you're meant to be right now yeah um and I didn't really do anything like horrendous in the interview to fail it it was just a case of like it being just a bit shit yeah like they were trying to get out of me like what safety or like what things I'd done in previous workplaces to ensure that it was a safer environment. And I remember oh. thinking, I work in a fucking office, like, what am I gonna do? Like, <laughs> protect people from dropping pencils on the floor. <laughs> protect them from their laptop. Hello. <laughs> but in hindsight, I know that I should have said something like, I'm a fire marshal, <laughs> which would have been a reasonable answer. <laughs> Not, I'm a designer that works in an office and I don't know, maybe I can dive to save their pencil whenever it falls onto the floor. I know, you know when like someone asks you a question and you literally have no answers, I was like, um, I don't know. Yeah, I've had a few of them, like where I had quite a few interviews before I come here, I had a few interviews where I was like, what type of question is yeah. that? Yeah. Like, you know when you just sit there and you just, you kind of look at them and you think, I really hope I'm not pulling a funny face, <laughs> yeah. but I'm sure I am. <laughs> And I don't know why you asked me that question. Your face is like, this is a shit question. What are you asking yeah, me Yeah, no. So after you didn't get like, through the interview process, what did you do after that? So I found out on the Friday that I didn't get it. Um, and then I can't believe can't explain to you how like distraught I was <laughs> I just like cried today like all night who's my other half um but previous to this I'd handed my notice in in preparation 
to get it so they had said that if you get it you need to start the week after so I was like right I've got a four week notice period so I need to hand my notice in like three weeks before so I'd done that and been completely transparent with them and said this is what I want to do with my life now um so yeah and obviously didn't get it so I took and they were kind of waiting on me to find out what decision had been made so I found out on the Friday and didn't say anything to them I just kind of like needed the weekend to think about it and um then I was so like having been so distraught looking back on it now I know that it was because I didn't want to retract my notice and I think I did actually say that to Jay at the time and was like I just don't want to go in on Monday and like retract that. you kind of used this firefighter um job as an excuse to go oh yeah 100 percent it was like I needed an out and I needed something else that was like, yeah. I don't know, I think I was just latching on to how much I enjoyed CrossFit at the time. It yeah. was like some positive like safety blanket, isn't it? Like, oh, actually, I really enjoy this, this thing which I'm doing. So let me latch on to that and I'll take it from here. Yeah, definitely. It was completely my safety blanket. Um, yeah, I just, and I think that, represents how scary it is to take the like that leap to go freelance like it's not easy to just like completely jack it in um well it feels like you're jacking it in you're obviously not but like i remember talking to recruiters beforehand like six like when i was thinking about it a year or so before um and just spoke to them on the phone about potentially going freelance and my plan was to approach them for day rate work and they would turn around to me and say that i needed like three months cushion like of wages and I remember thinking that there is absolutely no freaking way I'm going to get three months cushion of wages. I can barely, like, I was living paycheck to paycheck, like, probably, well, way beyond, I was way beyond my means. Like, I used to cry in Carnaby Street on payday. <laughs> <laughs> it, it all sounds so tragic. I'm not trying to spin, like, a feel sorry for me story, but... Yeah, nobody, a graphic design isn't meant to be like this. Like, the designer's <laughs> life isn't meant to be crying on payday. <laughs> <laughs> like that's not life and oh I wish I could go back and kind of shake my younger self a little bit but would you go freelance before you did now looking back on it or do um, you think you've done it in the right period of time yeah probably slightly earlier when I feel like if you ever get to a stage where you're feeling like as negative and as down as I was in your job like it's time to leave and it probably was already time like way before yeah. you felt like that um so A, I should have done something about that then. But B, yes, I do think that working at that place for as long as I did served me well just because of the clients I worked with. Um, but honestly, for my soul and well-being, I, w- I should have done it earlier. Yeah. Would you, if, if you went back and like told your like past self what you would do, would you, after that, get yourself another job in a high-end company, say, mm. with clients very similar, but maybe a better work environment, hopefully a better work environment, or would you go freelance? I think I would approach it really open-mindedly. Yeah. So in London specifically, like there's one big recruiter, creative recruiter, and I probably would go to them and be like, I'm open to a full-time role and I'm open to freelance. So whatever you can find me that suits me the best yeah. the time that I have. I do think, like, I would have liked to have said freelance to that question 
-hmm. and ideally in an ideal world you would but I also think there are some really good full-time opportunities out there but also it might just not allow like if your financial situation is tricky then maybe it's best to get that experience under your belt because it's definitely easier to find freelance work when you are more experienced and like I always think this because I have seen people young as me or younger yeah. that have gone straight into freelance roles yeah but for me personally like I could do a little bit of freelancing on the side like we spoke about earlier yeah. but I couldn't do freelance consistently all the time now mm. because I one I'm not experienced enough like I feel like yes you can learn from videos and yes you can learn from um articles and xyz but i for the life of me god knows why i cannot sit there and watch a long video i can't <laughs> we were we were talking about this earlier i cannot yeah. sit there and watch a long video even if it's five minutes long and i'm trying to find out what to do i will fast forward it and two i cannot read a long article so to be honest everything for me has to be short <laughs> And like in person, right? It helps that like you're yeah. learning from someone. Yeah, I think the thing to consider with freelance is that they ex like everybody expects so much of you. So yeah. like, especially if you're doing day rate work, nine times out of ten you'll go in there and they'll want to get like every penny out of you, which is understandable because they're paying in theory over the rate, right? Or over the rate of like a, a full time signer. Yeah. So like, expect to go in there and expect to like be like be asked to do pretty much everything. Like, generally, whenever you get a brief of what you're expected to do is not necessarily what you're doing at all. It'll be, like, way more than that. Yeah. And I always felt, like, a real sense of, like, I need to deliver, like, above and beyond as a freelancer, especially, like, being on a day rate because I was thinking they're paying above what they should be for me. And, like, maybe this is a little bit of imposter syndrome or I don't know, but I was just always, like, I need to deliver, like, 10,000% for them so that they always ask for me back so that they're like, satisfied with what I've provided to them as like a service that's really interesting though because do you sit there now and look at what you were doing and think oh my god I was really really damaging myself in that like environment what as a freelancer yeah pushing like that yeah um no because I still stand by like maybe not quite as aggressively as I did but like I still stand by that like we need to find the best creative solution yeah. every single time and like I hold like myself accountable and like I feel proud of that yeah um and I have those sayings where I'm like it's not just a powerpoint if yeah. you've got a powerpoint like you can create an amazing powerpoint and an amazing piece of work regardless of what platform you're on but I do also think that um I was potentially thinking I had like too much uh I was too grateful for it so I was like oh my god they've hired me they're paying me so much money they're not like in reality that's just the standard going rate for freelancers yeah just like you should have been paid that anyway in a normal job like you yeah, deserve exactly. that whether you're in a normal job or whether you're a freelancer it's not just yeah. because you're a freelancer like what makes you the difference for a full-time employee and a freelancer exactly there's nothing and I think where that was born out of for me was because I was so like depressed and negative and like felt like so poor all the freaking time in my old job that like when I did have that money I was like wow 
Yeah. Like, probably like Oliver Twist when he got a good big meal, you know? <laughs> but it's really interesting because we've listened to a few podcasts where people have been like, our time is precious, you pay us for our time, X, Y, Z. And I don't get the impression that they go above and beyond. And yeah. that's why I asked you that because I mm. sit here and I think some people do think their time is so precious and I'm not saying it isn't yeah but I think people genuinely believe that they are really really well valued and and well if it's going to take them three weeks it's because they're a really good designer and they're booked three weeks in advance when in reality like us sometimes we get an email and we might have to do it straight away or we might have to do it like as soon as we possibly can and we have like the time to whereas other designers go okay I'll book that in for this day at this time or this day at this time and I always sit there and I think you lose clients from that yeah 100% like you do and I've always noticed that with us like our clients come back and don't get me wrong they come back in in emergencies as well (laughs) yeah which isn't necessarily ideal for us but I mean we've spoke about it before like yeah we're giving them what they want and what they need so and they remember our name like they remember they helped us out on this occasion maybe they can do it again or maybe they can help us out in this because our work isn't just we've rushed it and we've got it done for them in time it's still like carefully put together and it still looks nice and it will still look most likely nicer than anything anybody else could do in our opinion yeah exactly So what advice do you think you'd give to somebody who is in a similar position to you and thinking about going to freelance? If you're feeling really downtrodden and negative and um, emotions like that about the current role you're in, like it's time to move. Um, and it probably should have happened before then, like I said earlier. So reach out. Reach out to every connection you know. Um, that includes us. Yeah, definitely. Not me. Um, Rach. I, I am actually always happy to speak to designers and like we use freelancers quite a lot, don't we? With yeah. Like our overflow. So I am actually really open to that. But also like depending on where you live, like we're in. I was in. Um, we're in the UK, so London for me was like my main city. But a lot of creative um, agencies do day rate work. Um, and that's a really good place to start for freelancing. So I think first and foremost, get your portfolio together um, and then reach out to people. When I say portfolio, they often ask for a website now, which is generally easier than like printing stuff out and that. So get your website together, get some work on there and just send some emails and be persistent as well because recruiters aren't necessarily uh, the best people. They don't reply if they don't feel like it and unless it suits them, a little bit like estate agents so just keep keep on at them um and I guess also like it could really depend on what that person wants to go into because yeah. in terms of the recruiters that you were going for yeah. a lot of them were big London agencies and things like that weren't they yeah whereas now actually a lot of people do small businesses and we That's don't true. really do stuff mm. like that but you can 100% and yeah. there's a really broad market of just so many things that you can pick up on and and there's little niches that you can go into yeah and I think it's always about finding 
that zone of genius like we always say it is about finding the zone of genius and what you feel like you're really passionate about definitely like what you enjoy so like do something that or look at a project that you most enjoyed in your full-time role why did you enjoy that what program was it on that gives you a really clear indication like for instance for me it would have been an infographic that I'd done on Illustrator which suggests that I really enjoy those illustrative projects that's like my main kind of like that's what I lean towards so kind of do a bit of a creative audit on yourself yeah it's a good idea yeah and I think also like maybe making separate little portfolios for different type of companies like you can have small business companies and it doesn't necessarily mean that you don't have to go for the bigger companies like you can still go for them but you can Mm. also aim for smaller companies because some people don't like what people do in bigger companies yeah they don't like the corporate style yeah which i understand like it it's completely different to what a small business might feel like 100 percent. yeah it's good that's good bit of advice from somebody who's not freelance <laughs> but hopefully this has helped you guys um, feel free to reach out in our dms or follow us over on instagram at designerduo.studio um and honestly would love to chat to you so and yeah. if you have any any questions that you'd like me to ask rach like feel free to leave them like in our dms on a on our page or even on one of our story posts because we'd love to do a QA. and a Yeah, definitely. And I know we're going to get a couple of um, listeners on for interviews as well, so watch out for that. Yeah. Okay, bye. Bye. bye.